I personally do not fully agree with the concept of self-love. This word is quite loosely used nowadays and it's just quite vaguely thrown out there. People say, oh, you should love yourself first, but what does that even mean? Because self-love is not just burning candles and incense sticks. It, it's not just bubble baths. It's a lot more than that. And in case of survivors of narcissistic abuse, when you ask them to love themselves, you are presupposing that they have a self. But if you were to dig in deep, you will find out that most survivors either do not know they have a self, they are so disconnected from it, or the worst case, they haven't developed one. So what will they love if they were to try to self-love? The truth is, for someone to love themselves, they have to be loved first, especially by their primary caretaker. Because when we are children, we learn about ourselves through our object relationships, meaning the people we connect with, the people we rely on, the people who give, give us feedback about who we are, the way they treat us tells us at a subconscious level what we are worth and what our value is. And if your parent was a narcissist, a monster, and all you got from them was abandonment, neglect, physical, psychological, and emotional abuse, imagine all the things, all the layers of trauma you would have internalized and you, the things you believe about yourself, none of that is positive. If that is what is in there, how would you be able to love yourself when you primarily believe you are unlovable? All of that is not to say you are doomed. What I'm trying to say here is just this vague concept of self-love without context, without proper understanding is going to land you in more trouble because you may try all the things people do out there. You may go to the gym, you may do exercises, you may do therapy and all that and still feel the same or worse because the main ingredient is lacking, which is a relational context for proper and deep healing. We'll talk about that in today's episode. Hi, I am Danish, a narcissistic abuse recovery professional. Today's episode is going to be all about unraveling the concept of self-love and understanding why it is faulty. If that sounds interesting and if you're eager to learn more about all of this, please make sure to subscribe before we begin because as I always say, your subscription helps spread awareness about narcissistic abuse. To lay the foundation for today's topic, we have to understand that as children who have been raised in narcissistic environments with a lot of adversities in there, we have learned to self-preserve. That is what we know. That is what our bodies were made to do, rather forced to do because we had no other options. So those are the patterns and we do not have any referential experiences for self-love because we were not loved. Now, when you get to know about these things that you do, you could do for yourself. I mean, healing of this type and that type, taking care of yourself, all of this either might look quite or feel quite robotic. It's something that you feel you're doing and you don't truly feel a personal touch or you may feel like, okay, I'm just guessing that this is going to make things better. But would it? Maybe or maybe not. Why maybe or maybe not? Because there is this emptiness, the space left, which should have been filled by what we call self, the concept of who I am, what I stand for, what do I need, what do I want? All of these are unknowns for us. We don't know exactly who we are 
you know, unless and until we put in all the efforts and get a lot of help to find that out, but we don't know. So we keep dealing with that and we try to fill it with this routine that we create, but it is a band-aid to a wound that needs surgery. What kind of surgery I am talking about? Before I talk about that, let me also help you understand that we get developmentally stuck, our children, and we may grow up and become adults, but then psychologically, emotionally, our patterns are the same we had when we were teenagers or even younger. Our nervous systems got stunned back then because we had no one to co-regulate with. What is co-regulation? Co-regulation is a process through which we connect with a safe nervous system of an adult or of a different person with whom we are sharing our life or our space and through that connection we establish with them, we feel safe in our bodies, we feel safe to be in that moment, we feel relaxed and we are able to engage our social part of the nervous system. To put it in other words, it's like the energy transfer that happens. People say, I can feel the other person's energy. This is what it is at the root level. The presence or ab absence of co-regulation, that is what happens. We never had that. What did we have? We had the opposite of what we needed to have at that time in our life. We had a chaotic nervous system in the parent we were trying to connect with. The parent was punitive, aggressive, impatient, reactive, all the things that you can think of when you think of being with a narcissist. So instead of connecting, what did we do? We chose to run away from it at a subconscious level. Indeed, we chose to run away from the source of our pain. We closed of our emotions, we shut down our social nervous system, we shut down our capabilities to grow, to explore things at an emotional level. We got stuck in a perpetual state of dysregulation. That is very important to understand and to note here. This perpetual state of dysregulation is what is keeping us traumatized. This Sympathetic dominance, we call it in other terms, keeps our symptoms of complex post-traumatic stress quite activated and we do not find any relief. We find ourselves struggling the same way we used to years before. So it's quite, it's very known, it's obvious that for you to be able to feel better, you have to change the state of your nervous system, which is to get yourself out of this perpetual state of dysregulation and you have to learn to self-regulate. But the most difficult aspect of self-regulation is that you can't self-regulate if you have not had an experience of co-regulating with someone. This is the sole reason why I say the concept of self-love is flawed. As I was saying earlier, you cannot teach someone to love themselves if they have not been loved. Co-regulation is that. As a child back then, you were not able to connect with your mother's or your father's nervous system for that matter to co-regulate. And at that time, it was really crucial for you to co-regulate to be able to develop the capacity to self-regulate or self-soothe on your own. So one of your primary needs was not met. If that happened, now if you were to try to self-love, 
how would you be able to successfully do so without a relational context? Further talking about this relational context, it is the actual surgery to the wound that needs it. You need someone who could give you the opportunity, the space, the time, the presence to be able to co-regulate with so that your nervous system can have a referential experience to be able to learn how to self-regulate. Self-regulation is one of the most fundamental acts of self-love. It is the skill that helps you to soothe yourself, especially in times of crisis. And as survivors of narcissistic abuse, we stay in a state of crisis 24-7. The first step to healing is to learn how to get yourself out of that. That is main type of self-love. And to be able to do that, you have to have a relationship with someone. I'll talk more about this. You have to have a connection with someone. You have to have someone there for you who could sp hold space for you, who could give you their attunement, their presence as a gift so that you can heal those wounds, so that you can co-regulate with their nervous system and feel loved in that aspect. This person has to become a parent of yours without being one. What I am saying here is that for you to learn how to love yourself, you have to be loved in the same capacity your parent was expected to love you. What I am particularly hinting at is a therapeutic relationship, a connection through which you can complete the developmental process you got stuck in. I highly recommend working with a trauma therapist. Now, a trauma therapist means many things, an energy worker, someone you can truly and fully trust, someone who has themselves emerged from the trenches of trauma through their personal work and through someone else's help, but someone who could hold space for you, who could, who could make you feel loved, cared for, connected, seen, and most importantly, safe. This person has to be the conduit for change to help you, you recognize that there is a self that you can depend on and through healthy form of dependency on them, you can then slowly learn how to depend on yourself. Basically, it's the same thing that your parent could do back then. This source of support has to provide th those tools and those things to you so that those unfulfilled needs are met and you become the adult that you are biologically. What is very important to understand here is that this relational context can be provided by any reliable source of support. It doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist or one single person. It can be a com community. Let's say a community at your church you feel connected with you you feel like there's a sense of belonging you feel safe when you are around those people you feel like it's completely different than the family you were with it's like the family you always wanted to have it could be a community of survivors but those survivors should also themselves have their uh, unique sources of support the idea that is being propagated nowadays is that you only need yourself you don't have to depend on anyone you do not need someone to be happy. Well, that is true to some extent, but it's not practical. It's not how humans have evolved. We need to depend on each other for survival, and we need to depend 
on each other for self-actualization. It's only in a safe relational context you can learn how to love yourself because when you get that safe presence to be around, when you see someone truly cares for you, you feel like you deserve to be cared for. And then it bec becomes easier for you to replace that programming with the right kind of belief such as I am lovable, I am enough, I am worthy of being taken care of, I matter and all the other things. Just understand that self-love is possible but it needs some base work first. We need to complete what was left incomplete by our parents. We need to be the person for ourselves that we didn't have in our childhood, but we, to become that, we need help. To understand this concept more, I highly suggest and recommend reading a book called The Heart of Trauma. It's a wonderful book that will help you understand how healing happens in the context of safe relationships and why you need to, to do that kind of work. In conclusion, the concept of self-love is empowering but incomplete if it is not properly understood in the context of psychological trauma. As traumatized children, we learn to hate ourselves. We learn to shut down and loving ourselves is an alien concept. So when we are told to love ourselves as adults, we do not know what that means. We try, but we do not exactly know what it means or what it feels to experience self-love. To know and experience what it means to be there for yourself, we have to have the help. We have to have the relational space for us to feel valuable, for us to relate with so that we can understand the meaning of our existence through their presence or we can get an insight into who we are as a person and how much we value. Relational healing is extremely important. You cannot do all of it on your own. You need help. Independence is great, but not all form of dependencies are unhealthy. We need to depend on others in one or the other way to grow. With that, let's bring this episode to an end. I hope you found it insightful and different in some way. If you did, let me know in the comments. I'll talk with you in the next one. Until then, let the healing begin and continue.